Welcome back to the Jordan Syatt Mini Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. This is a really remarkable episode. I'm very excited for you to listen to it. I speak with a wonderful woman. Her name is Julie. And to date, she has lost 182.8 pounds exactly. She's been able to maintain it. Uh, Right now, she's currently maintaining 130 pounds. So I want you to listen to this story because she does a wonderful job explaining how she was able to lose weight, where she was at prior in her life, what motivated her to lose weight, and how she's been able to maintain it. I also want you to listen to the very end of the episode. There's almost a a little twist at the very end. And basically, Julie discusses how she's struggling with her relationship with food now, the, the negative aspects of having lost that much weight and some of the mental games that she's been playing. And I give her some very, very important advice that I think goes severely overlooked in the fitness industry, especially for people who either want to lose a lot of weight and or already have lost a lot of weight and aren't sure what to do from there. So listen to the whole episode. I hope you enjoy it. Talk to you soon. Julie, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Amazing. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm very excited to, to speak with you. I'm super excited about this conversation. So thank you for taking the time to hop on with me. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. I'm very much looking forward to this, and I'm super nervous. <laughs> Don't be I'm nervous. <laughs> I, I am a, uh, I am a just a short, bald guy, Harry Potter nerd, mama's boy, just <laughs> super nerdy. So, like, no reason to be nervous. I, I think this is going to be a lot of fun. Um, so, do me a favor before we even dive in anything. I mean. I just want to get to know you better. So tell me a little bit about you, where you're from, what you do. I just want to get to know you as a person. Okay, sure. Um, So I'm 31 years old. Um, I'm married. I've been married coming up on 11 years. Wow. Um, That's exciting. Yeah, thank you. Um, And um, I actually work for a community college, and we're on spring break right now. And uh, I'm I'm in uh, just outside of Tulsa, Oklahoma. And the weather is phenomenal. It's it's been in the seventies, and about a month ago we had wind chills like record wind chills, like negative twenty. It was crazy just a month ago. So <laughs> I'm really enjoying this weather, getting in as many walks as I can outside and stuff like that. It's it's great. And Good. I have um, I have a bunch of dogs. I'm a dog lover. And so I, I try to get them out and get them walking and all that in this beautiful, beautiful How, how many weather. dogs do you have? I have five. Five dogs? Yes. <laughs> oh, my Lord. <laughs> what, what kind of dogs do you have? Um, they, I have three of them that are like mixed breed terriers and then a poodle and a shih tzu. That's awesome. Is, is it stressful or are they relatively easy to, to work with? Um, they're... M- mostly easy to work with sometimes it can be stressful like when we're when my husband and I are gone from the house for long periods of time they can they can be a little stressful when we come back but for the most part they get along really well and they're they're really well behaved so we're we're very fortunate for that that's awesome have you always been a dog person you have dogs growing up or or is it relatively new um I've actually always had dogs um since I was as young as I can remember. Um, and I've always loved walking my dogs. That's something that's always kind of kept me in fitness, even when, um, even through like weight gain and stuff like that is I've always had a dog to walk. 
I lo- absolutely love doing that. Got it. That, and that's good. That's amazing. That like it gives you a, a a need to get outside and walk no matter what. So I like that right. a lot. Yeah. So so I, I'm excited about this. I, I know you reached out and you told me you've had you have a pretty incredible story that I'm excited to hear. Um, could you just tell me and, and for everyone listening, like explain why you reached out and, and, and we'll dive into your story from there. Cause I'm excited to hear it. Yeah, sure. Um, so the, the, the thing that actually got me to reach out was, um, I was walking in my neighborhood and, um, a gentleman stopped me and said, um, I see you out walking all the time. And, um, I can tell you've lost a lot of weight. Um, like, can you tell me more about it? And so I just told him I kind of started walking and, and, um, I count my calories and, and just kind of told him the basics about, um, my weight loss. And it made me think about how many people ask me, you know, they can tell that I've lost weight and they ask me about it and I give them the basics, but I never really give anyone the full story just because I'm super shy and <laughs> super introverted. And uh, so I kind of wanted to just go ahead and get my story out there. Tell, just tell the world. <laughs> I love that. And, and, and this way, anytime someone asks, you can be like, go listen to this. I gave you every detail right. in this conversation. <laughs> right. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and it's, it's pushing outside your comfort zone. Like usually shy, like introverted, like the fact that you want to do this and that you're pushing outside your comfort zone says a lot about you. So, so I'm really excited to, to hear your story and uh, to hopefully help other people who can benefit from hearing all the progress you've made and what you've done to make these changes. Well, thank you. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. If it's, if it's okay with you, I might stop you throughout your story to ask you questions, maybe dig a little deeper if that's okay. Yeah, sure. That's just fine. Amazing. So I'm going to give you the floor, Julie. You just, you just start wherever you want to start and we'll go from there. Okay. Um, so my weight loss journey goes all the way back to when I was 12 years old, um, some about 11, 12 years old. Um, it started with my mom. She was diagnosed with type two diabetes, um, around that age. And I was, I grew up as long as I can remember, I was overweight. Um, and, and my parents were overweight as well. And so when she was diagnosed, her doctor, um, recommended that she lose weight and, learn all about carbohydrates, um, and, um, all of the different aspects of type two diabetes. And at that point in my life, I was attached to my mom. I was attached to the hip with my mother. (laughs) So she found a support group, uh, for type two diabetes and I went with her and we, so we learned in this group, it was an incredible group. We learned all about carbs that was the main thing. Um, but then they did talk about calories and they talked about if you wanted to lose weight, um, that you needed to essentially burn more calories than you take in. And, um, I was fortunate enough to, to have my mom already know, like, and already have tried in her life, uh, fad diets and, you know, the quick, quick fix things. And, and she knew those didn't work. Um, she knew that calorie deficit was, that, that as simple as it is, that's what you need to do to lose weight. And so, um, 
so her and I together started counting calories. Um, and this was, uh, in the early two thousands when fat was the bad guy and like sugar is the bad guy now, but fat was the bad guy then. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> and, so, and all those like the snack, well, low fat, like right. snacks came out. Yep. Yes. Um, and so we counted calories, fat and carbs. And, uh, my, my main focus was calories and fat, but, um, calories being king because I knew that was what was needed for weight loss. And so, <clears throat> excuse me, I, I don't remember like a whole bunch of the specifics in that time frame because I was so young, but I know I lost 50 pounds and um, I got down to 140 pounds. I was like five, two, five, three. So I was um, just barely in the normal range, almost in the overweight uh, as far as BMI goes. But I was so happy once I was in the normal range. And um, I uh, was counting calories for probably about two or three years in there. And somewhere around the age of like 15, 16, when I got a car and started to have a part-time job, um, somewhere in there, I stopped counting calories. And I just decided, I just had this brilliant idea of, I'll just eat when I'm hungry and stop eating when I'm full. <laughs> and I thought, I don't, I don't know why I've never thought of this. And I did that and I maintained my weight loss until I was 22. So for like 10 years total and six of those years was just intuitive eating. I didn't know it was intuitive eating at that time, but that's what it was. And I remember telling my mom that I was going to stop counting calories and I was just going to eat when I was hungry. And even she was like, wow, why have I never thought of that? <laughs> <laughs> And, but in looking back now, I'm like, oh, it was so easy when as a kid, I didn't overthink it. Now I'm overthinking it. I overthink it all the time, <laughs> but, um, but I'm heading back to intuitive eating. Um, so I did, I maintained the weight loss though for, for about 10 years or so. And then, and I got married, um, around the age of 20 and I, Somewhere in the next couple of years, just with getting married and buying a house and having all these adult responsibilities, um, I had a really bad bout of depression. I've battled depression all my life, um, but I never, I never was seen like by a doctor for it or anything like that um, until I was in my twenties, and with that depression came my weight gain. And so about over the course of about three or four years, I ended up gaining over 150 pounds. And I, um, I would try to lose weight, but not really try. Like I would, I would, um, count calories for like two days and then I'd be like, ah, it's not working. I'm going to give up. And, or I'd starve myself which I knew didn't work, but I would do it. And then I would use that as an excuse um, when it didn't work to just give up. And um, eventually though, somewhere around 2015, I got to my highest weight ever, which was 312.8 pounds. <laughs> very, you very precise. To the decimal. There. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, I had gone to the ER, um, with a stomach issue. Um, the stomach issue actually wasn't resolved, but what I remember was that, um, 
I had blood work done and the ER doctor came in after a few minutes um, of getting the results. And she said, your cholesterol is sky high. Do you take medicine, exercise, uh, eat a balanced diet, any, anything to help with this cholesterol? And I said, no. And, uh, and I knew it was high. My doctor had told me before, but I ignored it. And she said, well, if you don't do anything about it, you're going to die. And she was just very... That's what she said, just blunt? She, Yep, very blunt, very straight to the point and everything. And I, I, of course, at first, I was very upset. I was very mad at her. And in my mind, I was defensive. I didn't say anything to her. But I was thinking, oh, she doesn't know me. She has no idea what's going on in my life and everything. When in reality, my cholesterol was high and I needed to do something about it. Well, that you would think that would be my wake up call. And it was a little bit, but it, it wasn't my, my true aha moment. Um, from there, I, I guess I did become a little more aware of my eating habits. And within the next six months or so, I lost 35 pounds without really trying. I wasn't counting calories. I didn't start exercising or anything like that. So I, I think it was just the awareness of it. And I, I did start taking cholesterol medicine as well. Um, and then I, that winter came and I plateaued as, as you like to call it. <laughs> <laughs> my, my plateau though really was me just not trying. I mean, I, I wasn't really doing anything anyway. And then I just, I, I like to use winter as an excuse to, um, to load up on food for whatever reason to be com comfort, I guess like a bear, I'm going to hibernate something like that. <laughs> and, um, <clears throat> excuse me. So then that next spring I decided that I was going to go ahead and, and really start losing weight. And I, yo I had yo-yo dieted earlier on, um, in my twenties. And I, I did try the starving myself. One of the things I would do was I would, for lunch, I would take one of those fruit cups. That's like 60 calories. And that would be all I'd eat for lunch. I'd skip breakfast. I'd eat that for lunch. And then I would have a huge dinner. So I was basically intermittent fasting <laughs> with a fruit cup in there. And, um, I, I lost 27 pounds doing that. And then I got sick of it and I gained all of it plus some back. Ugh. So, yeah. <laughs> so in 2000, I think it was like 2016 uh, um, or so I, I started to buckle down um, with my weight loss and I started counting calories and I knew how to count calories from when I was a kid. I knew, I, I mean, I could still for the most part, look at a plate and say that's 500 calories or however many, you know, but um, I wasn't real consistent with it at first. I would count maybe like three or four times a week, count my calories. And then on the days I didn't, I would just be like, oh, I'm not counting my calories so I can eat whatever I want. And I wasn't doing any kind of exercise or anything. So I was still not really doing very well. It ended up taking another two years. It was about 2018 was finally the time where I, I really got my weight loss journey started. 
And so one of the questions I get all the time when people find out, I've, I've now lost a total of uh, just over 180 pounds. Wow. And, Huge uh, congrats. That's incredible. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, people ask me all the time. One of the first questions is how long did it take? And I'm like, I, I used to say two to three years, but now I say a lifetime. It, it really has. Like I've mm. had to learn over the course of my life and it's something that I will uh, deal with for lack of a better term, but something I will deal with for the rest of my life. I will always be conscious of my weight because of going through this, um, weight loss now twice. Um, but anyway, so in 2018, I happened, I just happened to have a meeting at work where we learned about smart goals and I had never heard about smart goals, um, which is specific, measurable, attain, attainable, relevant, and time-based. Mm-hmm. Um, I always just made those goals that, um, you know, that I want to look better and I want to eat better instead of, uh, there's no, there's nothing really to the goals. And so I learned about these smart goals and I thought, oh, I can use this for weight loss. I I already had the weight loss, um, idea on my head. And when I heard that, I thought, okay, this is the push that I need. What I need to do is make some mini goals that lead to this big goal. And so what I did, I was, I was at work, uh, one day and I figured out that 35 pounds or so that I'd lost in like 2015, I looked back on my fitness pal and I figured out that I lost about a pound to a pound and a half a week on average. Mm. Um, there were some ups and downs in there, but, but over the six months or so, something like that. So what I did was, um, at this point, I'd been married for seven and a half years, and I decided that I wanted to be able to fit back into my wedding dress by my 10th wedding anniversary. So I wrote out, I wrote out some weights that I was shooting for at certain times, and I used the time frame of mid-year, uh, end of year, and my birthday. And I, u- I put those... Um, weight goals that correlated with the, with the time in my calendar on my phone. So that way I'd get a reminder a few weeks ahead of time that says, you know, okay, you're, you need to be at 250 pounds by this date. And that really, for me, that was really motivational. Um, it really kept me going. And, um, but when I wrote this, I wrote these goals out and, and just as a side note, I actually still to this day carry the that list of the goals with me everywhere I go. It's, wow! Is it yeah. where is it in your in your in your wallet purse? Where where is it? Yep, it's in my it's in my purse. So I, I, love I that. carry it with me everywhere. Just as I I don't look at it all the time, but it's just my kind of my reminder of of where I've come from. I, I did use it at first as a fear-based thing, but now I just use it to remind myself where I've come from and how I can overcome things that maybe I think I can't. Um, but when I wrote this list out, I was super overwhelmed because I did have at that time about like 150 pounds to lose. And I remember writing, um, how many weeks it was. And it was like, uh, 
I think 87 weeks or something like that, that I figured out it was, I don't know, it was so long. It was whatever it was, three years. And I thought, oh my gosh, that's going to take forever for me to get there. (laughs) But I just kept thinking of these smart goals and I thought, okay, I've just got to be patient. I didn't gain this weight overnight. I'm not going to lose it overnight. Mm -hmm. I'd heard that before. And, um, so I just try to stick with that. But I, after I wrote that list out, I, and I'm getting emotional just talking about it, but um, I went to the restroom and I cried. And um, I remember going, going up to the mirror and wiping away my tears. And for whatever reason, I just smiled at myself. And I thought, okay, I'm changing my life. This is, this is the start of it. And from there, the, the smiling to myself, I started doing that every time I looked at myself in the mirror. And uh, I don't, I don't really know why. I, I don't know if someone told me that, if I heard it somewhere or what, but, um, was it like it, a conscious thing where you consciously reminded yourself to smile? Yes. Yes, I did. And it started out very forced. Um, I, I just completely forced myself to smile but after probably about two weeks, it became a habit. It still mm. wasn't a genuine smile, but it did become a habit. And then after probably about six to eight weeks, I realized that I was I was actually genuinely smiling at myself. And I and I still do that. I still smile at myself in the mirror all the time. And looking back, I realized that that was the beginning of me. Uh, learning self-love and I I don't know why I started it but I'm so glad I did because I think that had a major impact on me continuing to lose weight instead of doing the yo-yo dieting or um, losing some weight and just stopping I I love that distinction as well the the you're very aware that it was forced at the beginning. Like it was a, a, a forced decision to do it. And and for the first few weeks, you, like it, it wasn't, you even said it wasn't even a genuine smile. It was very forced. But after about almost two months, it then became more genuine. I, I love that. I think it's a really, uh, something I've never heard before, but it makes sense to me. And I, I appreciate your honesty with all of this, just like, cause it would be very easy to be like, oh yeah, like I was just showing myself that I really loved myself. It's like, well, no, I like, this is, it was forced at the beginning and through repetition, it became a habit. And then through even more repetition, it became true. It became real to yours, to who you were. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so many people I've heard you talk about on podcasts where people are just like, you just need to love yourself, but how Ugh. do you do it? <laughs> it's the worst when you hear that. And so when, when people ask me for advice on weight loss, I, I do tell them about the smiling in the mirror. And I say that might not be what you need to do. Maybe you choose something else, but that's what I got started with. And it, it really helped me. And, um, so in that time, I, I did start consistently tracking my calories. Um, I was tracking every single day and I started tracking, making sure I tracked everything. Um, not just not skipping my snacks, which is what I liked to do. I just, <laughs> I like to just pretend those didn't happen. <laughs> um, and then after 
maybe three, four months of, of weight loss, um, I started shooting for the 10,000 steps a day. And so, um, I was working at the community college and on my lunch break, I would go to, uh, I was on a campus and so I'd go to the gym and I'd be able to walk on the treadmill there. So it was, it was really great. Uh, people that I worked with started to notice my weight loss and people started to ask and it was, it was wonderful. And when, when people start to notice that is probably one of the best feelings, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, and then that winter happened and I plateaued again. <laughs> <laughs> I changed jobs. Um, and I, I, when I changed jobs, I like to use that as an excuse to basically not do anything else. I just want to focus on the new job. I, I don't know why I do that, but that is what I did. And um, so then the next spring I got started again. I didn't gain any of the weight back though over that, oh, that winter. So yeah, that was, that was a, really a massive big deal win. for me. Yeah. And, um, so that spring I, it was like April. Um, so this was back in 2019. I started to, uh, walk again, just, just doing like 15, 20 minute walks kind of here and there. But my two older brothers had recently started running and at this time, um, my brothers had been about four years, three to four years into their weight loss journey. And they both have lost, <laughs> brace yourself, they both have lost over 300 pounds each. Shut up. So, no, I'm, I'm dead serious. Shut serious. Up. That is <laughs> yeah. crazy. Yes. Yeah, so they, they were a big part of my motivation for sure, seeing them lose the weight and everything. It was an incredible, incredible, um, journey to watch. And they, they started running. Um, we, we, all three of us have always liked to walk, but for whatever reason, one of them started running, the other started running. And so one day in May, it was actually May 11th, 2019. I'll remember it forever. I texted them early in the morning and I said, have you guys started running yet? They said, no, um, we're just about to. And so I said, can I join you? And they, you know, they invited me, of course. And so I went out to run with them. And at this point, I still weighed about 220 pounds or so. And I could only run for about 10 seconds at a time. But they were very, both very, very encouraging. They would run with me for 10 seconds. We'd walk for 20. Then they, we'd run for 10 and, um, we just kept at it. We did that every weekend, Saturday and Sunday for a couple of months before I could run a couple of miles by myself. And what through, a wonderful support system. That's incredible. Right. Yes. That's what I was going to say was through this, we became the tightest Nick support group that there has ever been. Um, in fact, we, we go to a local trail, um, here in Tulsa and people see us, they know us as like the trio, like the three of us are always together <laughs> on the weekend, walking, running, doing some kind of activity. Um, and so we, yeah, we definitely became our, each other's support group and we found that passion in running together. And, uh, actually later, um, 
it was in 2020. It was last year. Um, we ran our first marathon together. Wow. And <laughs> we have since run um, another marathon, which we, we all did together as well. And I've run an ultra marathon of uh, 31 miles. Get out of here. And, no, I'm dead serious. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's incredible. It's yes. And it's I, we've the three of us have definitely had some ups and downs. We've gone we've all gone through multiple injuries um, and we've just helped each other and been encouraging. And sometimes it's we don't say anything to each other. It's just being there. It's just just talking about life and whatever's going on. And um between them and the support of my husband and another support group, um, or support groups that I found were just groups on Facebook, um, that were helpful. Just, you know, as I'm scrolling through people have posted either questions or things that have worked for them. And so finding these support groups was very, very beneficial to me to continue that weight loss. And now for, for maintenance, excuse me. Um, I think without the support of my brothers, my husband and support groups, I think, um, I would just be like, why am I doing this? It's, there's no point. And I just give up. So I think support groups of any kind, whether it's one person or 20 people is super, super beneficial. Agreed. And, and there's a tremendous <laughs> amount of research to support that. Like it, it's, it's one of the reasons why it, it's one of the reasons why I, I created the inner circle specifically for that reason. It, it, it's one of the reasons why, um, even though I, I don't agree with everything Weight Watchers does, you can't argue with the with the data around Weight Watchers being arguably the most successful mainstream form mm-hmm. of weight loss. Because and it's I think it's largely because of the community aspect of it. Um, having community again, like you said, whether it's one person or. 15 or 20 or a hundred or a thousand having a supportive community that's got your back is it, it's so well documented in the literature. It's, it's mind boggling. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. Um, so in, in 2019, that's when I really started my, my running journey. And then in 2020, uh, it was February 13th, 2020, I hit my goal weight my original goal weight was 160 pounds. That's what I weighed when I got married. And that's what I needed to be to, to fit in my wedding dress. And, um, so we had our 10th wedding anniversary party, COVID style, there were (laughs) masks and and six feet of separation. So, uh, but it was great. I fit back in my wedding dress. It was actually slightly big. So that was wonderful. (laughs) Um, and I, um, when I hit my goal weight, that was the first thing I did was try it on the wedding dress. And then maybe within like two days, I thought, oh, on my fitness pal, I should change my calorie or my uh, goal rather from losing one pound a week to maintenance. But I could not get myself to do it because I mm-hmm. knew it was going to increase my calories. <laughs> and I was like, if I eat more calories, I'm going to gain 150 pounds overnight. Like, that was just what was going to happen in my mind, even though I knew logically that was ridiculous. That was what was going to happen in my mind. So one of the things that I did was I 
slowly increase my calories just, just on my own. I just, I think my goal was like, uh, 1600 calories, um, on my fitness pal. And so I did a week of 1650 and then the next week I bumped it up to 17 until I got to, I I don't know, maybe 1800 or something like that. And, um, doing it slowly incrementally was, was very helpful. I didn't, because I saw that increasing my calories wasn't going to make me lose all my progress. Mm. I was so, so scared of that. And I, I did see that. Um, and then I also, another thing I had started to do though, was I, I, I did have this void of weight loss as part of my life because it, it was so intensely part of my life for two years and all of a sudden it was gone. I still need to focus <laughs> on maintenance, but I was, I was like, what do I do now? So one of the things I did was I started picking up new goals and habits. Um, and I started small. I started with, I, I didn't, I've never flossed, flossed my teeth every day. So I started with flossing my teeth every day. I started with brushing my hair more. I mean, little things just to looking back, this is another, like, for me, self-love. I, I didn't take care of myself for many years. And so I was just learning to, to love myself enough to start taking care of myself properly. And if I had these kind of habits and goals, <clears throat> excuse me, in my, in my life, that kind of helped fill that void of not having focus of weight, weight loss always in front of me. Um, with that though, one of the things that I started doing when, um, I, when I was in maintenance, I, I kept losing weight. Even when I was increasing my calories, I did lose more weight and I got down to 130 pounds, which is actually what I weigh now. I've maintained that for wow seven or eight months. And, um, it's, the lowest weight, I mean, it's lower than when I was 12. I, I only got 240 when I was 12. So it's insane to me that I can even be at 130 pounds, which puts me at um, 182.8 pounds loss. Um, not that <laughs> I'm incredible. counting or anything. <laughs> but um, I started to notice that... <laughs> If I exercise more, I burn more calories. And if I burn more calories, I could eat more. <laughs> I, I was like, oh, this is great. And p- part of it was COVID related because um, I was working from home and I had more time. And so I, it started out as just an innocent, okay, I'll take a walk instead of you know, my 30-minute drive to work. I'll take a 30-minute walk. And But then I realized that burning calories um, led me to to feeling like I could eat more, which did lead to, uh, way over exercising, way, way over exercising. And that's where it leads to you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so one of my brothers, um, he, he's the one who got me, got me hooked on Jordan Syatt. Um, he, he never posts on Facebook. He hadn't posted in probably four years. And all of a sudden, one day I see a post and it has, has your picture on it. And it says, you can't fuck this up. 
And I'm like, mm. what the <laughs> hell is this? And I see his caption, my brother's caption, it says something like, I'm not usually the inspirational guy, but, and I'm like, oh, I'm reading this. And so you had this <laughs> long list of, you know, how you can't mess this up because, um, just because you go off track one day and, and all that stuff. And I thought, this is brilliant. Like, why have I always thought that if I overeat over the weekend, I'm going to gain all my weight back? I have no idea why I thought that. And so that, so really opened up my eyes. And so immediately I start following you on Facebook and I'm just like, oh, this guy is awesome. Like calorie <laughs> deficit is king. That is so true. Like you don't need fad diets. And, and I do, I love, I have to say, I love what you say about like the keto diet intermittent fasting as far as like to not tell someone you shouldn't do that because people who do keto, they learn about protein. They learn, mm -hmm. um, you know, intermittent fasting, learn those people learn about binge eating a lot of times. Um, and, and I've, even though I knew not to do fad diets, looking back, I know I did kind of do intermittent fasting and I learned from that. And so I, mm -hmm. so I am thankful for it. But, um, anyway, I, Oh, he sent, I, I know what it was, was my brother had sent me a podcast of yours and I was never really big into podcasts at all. Um, but he sent me one and he said, this sounds like, like himself and himself. And, um, it was Jose Gomez's mm. uh, podcast. That was a hell and, of a podcast. <laughs> right. Yes. And, um, I will never forget exactly where I was and everything. I mean, this podcast changed my life. And, um, so he talked about, Jose talked about binging and specifically for me, binging and purging. Mm -hmm. I, and I had never knew, I never knew that I was a, a binge eater. I didn't know what binging was really, but I was like, oh my God, that's what I do. I sneak around and I eat when no one's watching and I eat until I'm so full and I'll keep eating and keep eating. And then I overexercise. And the, the light bulb went off like, oh, my God, this is what I'm doing. And I'm pretty sure I was binge eating at least twice a week, basically Saturday and Sunday, at least every week for probably from the time COVID started until January of 2021. So like almost a year. And um I decided when I listened to Jose's podcast that I was going to stop. I had to stop binge eating. And since then, so that was in January and we're in March now, I have only binged three times. Wow. And they Julie, have all, that's incredible. Oh, thank you. They, this, this is an excuse, but they have all been very high stress times. Um, and so I'm starting to recognize that that it's high stress and emotional and um, I can now link my binge eating to, to what's going on in my personal life 
to know. Yeah, that, okay. That's not an excuse. That's that's awareness. <laughs> that no, it's 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 yeah. it's not an excuse. Like that is awareness of what you just said. You're linking the times of when you're doing it, so you're able to see. Oh, this is one of my potential responses when I'm stressed. It, it's not justifying why you did it. It's just you being aware of that's possibly one of the reasons why and something to be for you to be aware of moving forward. It's not an excuse at all. It's actually very objectively. Uh, clear what it is. And I think it's important that you recognize that. Okay. Yeah. I like, I like that. That, that makes a lot of sense. Um, so I, yeah, I, I've just binged the three times. Um, I did still stick with the over-exercising because my main focus was the binge eating. But in this time I I've listened since January till now to almost all of your podcasts. I'm like almost <laughs> caught up. I, I listen every time I run, I listen to a podcast and, um, and I'm a, obviously I'm a distance runner. So sometimes, you know, two or three hours of running. And so I get through a few podcasts and I, um, I just, I, I love all your podcasts. I love everything that you say. <laughs> um, but I kept hearing about the three plates, two snacks. And the first time I heard it, um, I don't know if you had mentioned it in Jose's podcast. I think you probably did. But um, I, the first time I heard it, you, you were talking to someone who was meticulously calorie counting. Mm-hmm. And I had always thought, I'm going to have to calorie count for the rest of my life because I stopped calorie counting. And even though I, when I was a teenager, and even though I maintained my weight for 10 years, I stopped. That must have been why I gained the weight. And so I just told myself, nope, I'm never doing this three plates, two snacks. I'm counting calories. I'm putting it in. I, I was so bad with calorie counting that I would literally stop mid-meal multiple times <laughs> and put in my calories. And sometimes I, when I put in my calories, it would put me over my goal on my fitness pal. And so I'd say to myself, all right, that's a 20-minute walk. I got to do it. And wow. It, it was horrible. I thought it was great at the time because I was like, oh, I'm so aware. I'm doing so great. But no, it was looking back now. I'm like, that's horrible. I was, I was, it was taking way. over your life. Right. Yes, exactly. And so, um, I, I was so reluctant though, to do this three plates, two snacks. And then someone, you, you were talking to someone on a podcast and this lady said, um, well, I don't know if I want to do the three plates, two snacks because I'll (laughs) lose my streak on my fitness pal. And I was like, boom, (laughs) there's my excuse. I'm not doing it. (laughs) (laughs) And then one day, like two days later, I realized, well, dang, I track my weight every day because I, I like, like you do with, um, tracking your weight and using it as data, which is what I do now. Um, if I track my weight every day and put it in my fitness pal, that keeps my streak. So I was like, dang, I have no excuse not to do this three plates, two stacks. <laughs> so as of February 22nd, just a few weeks ago, I started a three plates, two snacks. And I was going to just do one day a week and then the next week do two days and, you know, keep going like that. Well, after day one, I, I still, I still put in my calories on my calculator to get an idea of where I was. So it yep. wasn't, it wasn't the true three plates, two snacks, but it's a I, progression. I, was, I love it. Yeah, it was a progression. And I was just so freaked out all day. 
And I texted one of my brothers and I said, I'm trying this three plates, two snacks thing. And I cannot believe how scared I am of food. Something that (laughs) is so important in our lives. And I am scared of it. I'm scared of any calories or anything. And this was eating the same things that I eat all the time, but I was still so scared not to, not to have it in writing. Well, since, since I texted him that I thought, you know what, I can't do this one, one time and then just give up. So I have been on the three plates, two snacks with no calorie counting since that day, since February 22nd. And it was that first week. Oh my goodness. I mean, (laughs) My attitude was horrible. I was so anxious. I'm an anxious person anyway. <laughs> and not counting <laughs> calories for after doing it for three years or so was horrible. And then I realized, though, like the middle of the next week, like, oh, my gosh, I am free of that. And I also realized I was no longer seeing how many calories my uh, my smartwatch was saying I burned when I mm. ran or you know, did, did a walk or whatever. And I was like, man, I'm free. I can actually eat and I can work out and enjoy it and not think, Oh, I need to run faster so that my heart rate gets higher. So I burn more calories. (laughs) And I I mean, I didn't even realize how bad I, I had gotten with that until I was away from it. And so this, this three plates, two snacks thing has been a super, super game changer for me. And um, of course, I want to get back to where I can just eat intu- intuitively, um, but it, I know it's going to take, it's going to take some, some work. Um, one of the things that I'm struggling with right now, actually, is knowing when I'm actually hungry and when I'm actually full. And I, I think with the fullness I binge so much that I don't really feel full or satisfied until I get that binge feeling. So I'm working on that. I'm working on trying to listen to my body, eat slower and, um, and, and take your advice as to when, when someone says they want to eat, um, you know, a snack after dinner or something, wait 20 minutes and I've been waiting and I'll kind of notice like, oh, maybe I'm not as hungry as I think. Mm. So I'm, I'm kind of learning, kind of learning that it's, it's really, uh, it's really tough for me right now, but I think I'm getting there. So that's kind of where I'm at. Um, I'm, I, I'm in that three plates, two snacks. It, it Julie, you're, you're incredible. I mean, you're, yeah, you're. You. To say that what you've accomplished is extraordinary doesn't do it justice. Um, you've done an unbelievably amazing job, and I'm beyond impressed with you. Um, thank you for for sharing this. I, I would like to talk to you a little bit more if you have a couple of minutes. I think yes, there's some things. Okay. Um, I, I do want to say I think it's very impressive. There's a lot that you've done that's impressive, but one thing that struck me over and over again is how willing you are to to seek discomfort and how when something is difficult you you there there's obviously resistance at the beginning like any time in anyone's life when there's difficulty we we resist it but for example with the three plates two snacks 
after the first day you you had that conversation with yourself you were like i can't just not do this because it was difficult the first day and you even said the whole first week was very very difficult the whole first mm-hmm. week you were irritable which makes sense you make a big change in your life like you're going to be anxious you're going to be irritable you're making a huge change like that the fact that you continued to to persist with it says a lot about you and i think it says a lot about why you have been so successful because when you when you face something that is challenging you don't just quit you you keep persisting it's very very impressive oh thank you i appreciate that i i have a question going back a little bit yes. um you and i might have misheard you so so if i got it wrong please tell me um you said that i believe tell me if i'm wrong did you say that you had a uh a, a a timeline of how much weight you should lose like every so every number of weeks every number of months like did you have that laid out yes okay was there ever a time where you didn't hit a, a certain amount like where like you weren't where you thought you should be um there were there were three times that i wasn't at my at that mini goal um and to my surprise, I did not let that discourage me. Mm. I just thought I was pretty close. I was within like a pound or two um, each time. And so I just told myself, okay, I just, just keep going. I've, I've gotten this far. I, I just keep going and I will get there. And I also, in my, in my mini goals to get to where I could fit my wedding dress, there was a little, there was a few months uh, gap in there because I knew I would have ups and downs. And so that having that kind of gap time frame um, helped me out too. It sounds like you're, you're just very logical about all of it. Like you're aware that you're going to have ups and downs. Like you mm-hmm. know that where right, I think yeah. we're, we're all aware of that logically, but practically when it comes down to implementing it on a day-to-day basis i think a lot of us allow our emotions to overtake us and if we didn't hit that weight goal many people would have said ah oh, screw it like it's not working even though they might have been down 10 15 20 30 pounds whatever it is because they didn't hit where they thought they were quote unquote supposed to be they would then quit but you were, it seems like you're very logical about it you're like listen i'm still making progress i didn't hit that mini goal but clearly i'm better now than i was before so let's keep going Right. Yes. And, and I wasn't always like that, though. That was part of the, the yo-yo dieting that I did in, in my earlier twenties. Um, I would, I would have that mentality of, Oh, I'm not where I need to be. So I'm just going to give up. And then I'd, I'd gain the weight back plus 50 pounds. And, um, so it, it took me a long time to get to that point, but I realized that I really just stuck with that whole, okay, I didn't gain this weight overnight. I'm not going to lose it overnight. I just kept telling myself that over and over and over. I love that. That That's a super important concept for people. Again, logically they know it, but practically day to day they get, they sort of get lost in it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's something else you said that really struck me. And, and since you've listened to nearly all of my podcasts, I think you're going to, you're going to recognize what I'm, what I'm saying. You said something earlier about the goals that you keep in your purse, um, mm -hmm. which I love. I love that. And there, you said something to the effect of, and I think it was about the goals. Um, it might've been about something else, but you said something to the effect of when you first started doing it, it was done a little bit out of fear. Is that right? Could you talk about that? Cause I think that's, you know, I've, I've spoken about this on the podcast before sometimes 
and I think it can be misconstrued. I'm very interested to hear that you talk more about that. Okay. Yes, absolutely. And I actually meant to touch on that. So, uh, my weight loss as a, as a kid was based out of fear because my mom was diagnosed with type two diabetes. She all of a sudden had to take all this medication and my main goal to, for losing weight was I don't want to grow up and have to take all that medication. Mm. And then as an adult, um, it was along those same lines. My Both my parents um, have type 2 diabetes and, and were on multiple medications. And so I had the fear of, of that and the fear of the high cholesterol and dying. And so it started out as a motivation. And um, I think... Uh, you know, you, you do talk about this, that it, it can be helpful, but it can't be what keeps you going forever. It, it, it mm-hmm. just, at, at least for me, it, there's no way. Um, and so I kept those weight goals um, in my purse at first out of fear because I thought if I keep these in here and I see this goal, then um if I start to gain weight again, I'll, I'll see what I had to go through and I'll be like, Oh no, 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 I can't do that again. And it's all going to be fear-based and I'll keep my weight off. And I realized that that was not healthy. Um, along with, with that, when I was over exercising, part of the problem with over exercising was I would tell myself, I don't want to look at my photos 10 years from now and go, Oh, why did I gain all that weight back? So that was another fear, fear driven, um, thing that I was doing. And I still have a little bit of fear just, just like most people do. Cause I, you know, I don't want to be on a ton of medication. I don't want to, um, have to go to lose weight again, um, or anything like that. But I did realize that fear can't be the main reason my main reason for my weight loss has to be something else. And for me now, it's, it's a lot of, um, because I love myself, uh, for my mental health, people ask me all the time, why do you run? And I used to say weight loss. And now I say it's for my mental health. It helps me process things. It helps me, um, to relieve anxiety to, I, sometimes I meditate, I learn from podcasts and all things like that. And so I think finding your purpose for weight loss or working out or whatever it is outside of fear is, I think that is very, very important. I love that. I think um, you said something in, in in this conversation right about this where you said to the effect of um, early on it was fear and as you progressed it became less and less about fear. And I think it's a, a really interesting concept to discuss. And, and I've spoken about it before in the podcast in which one thing I've noticed with so many people who've achieved a, a tremendous amount of success is often the initiation of their effort is born out of fear. And a, as they've progressed and as it's become more of a habit and as they've noticed the the results of their, of their, their labor, they've it's become less about fear and more about because they actually love themselves because they care about themselves because it's become it's become a habit they enjoy the process of chasing new goals but you know i i think this is a very unpopular opinion especially in in today's culture but 
I think we can use fear in a very positive way. Um, not to use it as a means to to shame or guilt ourselves, but to use fear as a motivator, I think for many people can be a really great starting point. It, it mm-hmm. becomes an issue if it if it paralyzes you, if right. it if it causes you to hate yourself, if it causes you to not take action. But if you can strategically use fear in the way that that you have, I think it can actually be a wonderful, wonderful tool. Mm -hmm. I agree. Yes, absolutely. Now, moving forward, is there anything that that I can help you with? Is there anything that that you're struggling with right now or any questions that you have for me that maybe I I can help? So I do have, I have an odd problem that you might, might be able to help with. I doubt Um, it's odd, but we'll see. (laughs) So, so most people can't drink enough water. They're, you know, they're like, oh, trying to get whatever 64 ounces in or whatever is so hard. Mm -hmm. I have a horrible, horrible habit of drinking too much. I've been told by my doctor that I'm drinking too much. I've had blood work drawn and my electrolytes are imbalanced and, um, I, I don't know how to, how to slow down my water intake. Part, part of it, I know part of my water intake is anxiety. I'll drink instead of eating, I'll drink uh, Mm. water and I'll just, I mean, I take a 17 ounce bottle and I'll just down it in three seconds. And I do that continuously throughout the day. Um, so what, what suggestions do you have for me to, to slow down my water intake? So if you had to tell me in one to two sentences why you're drinking so much water, like truthfully, why, mm-hmm. why are you drinking so much? What's the, what's the punchline? Why are you drinking so oh. much? Why are you taking down a 17-ounce bottle in three seconds? That is a very, very good question. And um, you can only have one to two sentences to tell oh me. Oh, goodness. <laughs> um. Well, I, I think I take down so much water because, because I'm anxious and because I did hear um, a lot as a kid, if you drink water, you won't feel as hungry. And so I mm-hmm. think that's always kind of stuck with me. That's what I was, that's what I was expecting you to say. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I'm imagining it's not that you've just heard it, but I'm imagining you feel it when you chug mm-hmm. water, you're it you get temporarily full is that correct that is and in fact now that i'm thinking about it when i oh, oh this is so horrible but i'll i grab two bottles of water every time i grab water and i chug both of them two 17 ounce bottles of water and i get that feeling of the same feeling you get when you binge when you're mm-hmm. like so overly full and i'll feel great because i guess because i feel like i just binged i'd never really put that together until just now but it's mm. kind of how and, it feels. And because I would imagine it's next to phys- physically impossible to eat once you feel mm-hmm. that full. So right. it's like, well, cool. That stressor is now gone because you've, you've made it next to impossible. Is that correct? That is correct. Absolutely. So I'm, I'm going to hopefully do what, what you need in this point, which is, it, and you probably know, but you, you might really need this. Um, if your doctor is telling you that your electrolytes are, are low, your blood is like literally getting like diluted because of the water. Like, you know, people have died from over water consumption, correct? Yes, I do. Like that, that is a real, of. 
that's a real thing. Like mm-hmm. it's uh it's not it's not that's not like an anomaly. That's a right. real potential issue that you face. Mm-hmm. Um and especially if your doctor's brought it up to you. I'm hoping that this conversation will instill enough fear in you, like mm-hmm. legitimately and, and mm-hmm. knowledge, but also fear to initiate the change of like, all right, this needs to stop because this is something that you don't know at what point, like you're going to drink too much one day. Right. And mm-hmm. that could be it. Like that could right. be it. Like, you're and, absolutely and, right. and then what? And then right. doesn't even matter. Like no one will care about the weight loss because you won't be here because you drank too much water. Like Mm -hmm. what a devastation that would be. Um, I I think that before I even go on, what do you think you should do? Like before I say like, here's what I think some tips or tricks like now, now that like we're very well aware, this is like a life threatening thing that you could do. What Mm -hmm. do you think is a, is a, a great alternative to that? Um, I mean, the only thing I can think of really is to maybe start tracking my water intake. Cause I, I don't track it right now. I just, just drink. Um, that's, I mean, that's all I can really think of. So I, I think that's a, a very pragmatic, practical, cool. We're going to like put a limit on how much water you can drink in a day. I think that that's mm-hmm. a, a good option. I also think there's something to consider in terms of relationship with food. Um, I think, l- let me ask you this. What does a day in the life of food look like? Just a, just a general normal day. It doesn't have to be exact, but like, what does a normal day in the life of food look like for you? Uh, so do you mean like what kind of like what do my meals look like? Yeah, yeah. What what's what do your meals look like? Breakfast, lunch, uh, dinner, snacks. So it's breakfast is um, usually like a banana, orange, and cereal and a protein bar. Um, lunch is like a lunch meat sandwich and um, a fruit like a fruit cup and protein bar, and then dinner is usually some kind of pasta and uh veggies and um greek yogurt that's generally what it is okay and do you feel full after any of those meals after breakfast yes after the other two not really full i i think satisfied that's that's where i'm kind of working on i'm i think i'm satisfied but Maybe, maybe I need to eat more. Maybe I need to eat less. I'm not real sure yet. So, so I, I here's <laughs> where I think, I think, um, you're in terms of the short term, you're chasing that fullness feeling from the water. And, and that's like what you're chasing through drinking that through drinking the water. You're trying to not eat more to not binge. <laughs> so I'm trying to figure out how can we get you more full through your meals? Uh, so you don't need to rely on as much water. Um, okay. The first thing that I go to immediately is you said you have about two protein bars a day. Yes. Which what protein bars? Which uh, ones? Quest. Okay, so what are those? Like two hundred, two hundred calories in a bar? Yeah. Okay. Um, personally, w- one thing I found in myself, Inner Circle members, is a lot of the times when people are 
relying on protein bars so much they get very they they like get an anxiety around taking them out of their diet but once they actually eat not necessarily eliminate them but they replace them with something else uh that is more filling it be, it's it's a huge light bulb for them like why didn't i do this earlier um for me i like i know this is going to be completely different in terms of macronutrient composition but i, I I would be okay with you taking that protein bar out and having a big bowl of, of oatmeal. If you take okay. 200 calories of oatmeal versus 200 calories of a Quest protein bar, you're going to feel way more full from 200 calories mm -hmm. of oatmeal. Now, we can talk about different ways to get more protein in if that's the concern. But right now, I'm like, it, it's very difficult to have a big bowl of oat 200 calories of oatmeal. Is, it's a lot of oatmeal. Um, especially like maybe use it some, with some almond milk. Maybe if you want to put some Greek yogurt in there to get some extra protein in, um, you'll feel very full. Like that's a, like a stick to the bones kind of meal. Um, so I, I would love that. Um, okay. and, and we could also talk about what else you could include at lunch. The, the other thing, and this is more, I would, I guess we could call it principle based as opposed to practicality, but this is very important for you to hear. If it takes you drinking too much to the point of putting yourself at risk of, of, of serious, serious issues to maintain 130 pounds, it might not be worth you maintaining 130 pounds. That's true. Yeah, that's even more important than anything else I've said in the past five, 10 minutes. Like I probably should have said that first. Um, it's gr what you've done is incredible. Your progress is extraordinary. You've done what you've accomplished is is on the verge of magic. Seriously, <laughs> but oh, thank you. If maintaining that causes you to damage yourself, it's no better than where you started. That is does that true. Make sense? Like, I, that you're does like damaging yourself. Absolutely. Yeah, there I remember. Right. And I remember when I got to below 140, I thought, I thought, okay, I'm going to see if I can maintain. And, and if it's too hard, then I'm, I'm fine at 140 or up to 160, which was my original goal weight. And I thought I was doing so well, but I never thought about that taking in too much water could be a sign that it's not so well, <laughs> I'm not doing as well as I thought with, with overall um, maintenance there. So that, that is a really good point. I never you know, considered it, it. And I know you've heard me say this before, but any progress, any physical progress you make that is built on a foundation of an unhealthy relationship with food will be short lived. It, it will be mm -hmm. short term. The, the physical progress you make when you're relying on chugging water in order to feel full that's not going to last very, very long. Like it's in, you are clearly a very self-driven, self-motivated. You have, you have a lot of grit, right? Like you can, you can grit your way through. I mean, to, to do two to three hour runs on a regular basis, like you're, you're a gritty individual. Like you, you can, you can suffer, right? Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. And, and that's just, that's the reality of it. I don't think there's a better word. Like you can suffer, and you can put yourself through suffering. Um, but you don't want to suffer. 
I don't right. want you to suffer. You, you're not supposed to suffer through life. Um, you didn't lose. How much weight have you lost? Uh, about 180 pounds. 0. 0.8, 180, 0. 0.8. Is that like uh, 182.8 <laughs> pounds? Yeah, 182.8 to be exact. <laughs> you, you didn't lose 182.8 pounds to continue to suffer for the rest of your life. Never mind, put yourself at risk for death of drinking too much water. Um, right. And in the same way, I think the three plates, two snacks was difficult for you in the first uh, in the first week. The the changes that you're going to have to make going forward for your health and safety are going to be difficult. But I, I think one of the best realizations that, that I would love for you to come to in this moment is if you go back up to 160 and have a healthy relationship with food and aren't requiring yourself to chug obscene amounts of water, I would say that's a much healthier relationship than maintaining 130 but suffering through it and your doctor telling you your your electrolytes are diluted you know mm -hmm. right yeah you're so right definitely i don't now, know why not, i never I'm, thought it like that I, I'm, I'm not saying let's just get back up to 160 right now right. but i am saying i think you should eat more mm -hmm. like okay. i think you should stop relying on water to fill you up and l actually start eating when you're okay. hungry um, I, I, I think that, you know, you were saying you're moving towards a more intuitive eating. It will be a physical impossibility for you to become an intuitive eater, a successful intuitive eater. If you don't get to a point in which you're feeding yourself enough, because you will always be thinking about food. You will always be hungry and your immediate response will be to always drink so much to the point in which you feel like you just binge. So mm -hmm. if you truly want to develop a healthy relationship with food, become a more intuitive eater, um, I would start with when you're hungry, I would eat. I would eat. And, and it's it's not like I'm speaking to Julie from years ago who was significantly, significantly overweight and, and uh, was starting at 182.8 pounds heavier from where you are right now. I'm mm -hmm. talking to Julie who's lost 182.8 pounds, who understands food significantly better. And uh, you now can incorporate more foods into your nutrition while keeping track of, of your weight, while just keeping track of everything without letting it become too extreme on the other end. I, I would, mm -hmm. I would rather see you at 160 and healthy and happy without chugging water than at 130 and chugging water to the point of a serious, serious health issue. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes total sense. Yeah. What I do you agree. think about that? I, I completely agree. And I, I can't believe I never even thought about that. Maybe, maybe I need to eat more. And, and, People have said that to me, like, maybe you need to eat more, but I just was like, well, you're crazy. You don't know what it's like. <laughs> I lost 180 pounds. You've lost like five. <laughs> and so I, I, I don't know why I ignored it, but it, it does. It makes total, total sense. So I'm glad it makes sense. Now for the more important question, are you going to do it? I am. Absolutely. I'm going to, I'm going to go get some oatmeal. I'm actually going to go uh, tonight or tomorrow and get some oatmeal and um, I'm, I'm going to try that. And I was already planning some spaghetti for dinner and I, in my mind, I had this small portion planned out, but I'm, 
I'm going to go a little bit bigger and, and make sure I'm eating enough. I love that. This makes me very, very happy. I, I'm very excited to hear this. And I bet your, your, your workouts, your runs are going to feel better now because you're going to have more energy to feel, your, feel yourself. Um, what I would like to do is if you are willing is I would love to give you a free month in the inner circle. Um, just so you can get in there, you can have access to all the workouts, you can have access to, to all the nutrition guidelines. And, uh, I think most importantly have access to the community, um, yeah. just an unbelievably supportive community. So I'm going to, I'm going to give you a free month in the inner circle. And I would also, cause I, I know that how helpful this can be, especially from an accountability perspective, I would like to hop on the phone with you within the next 30 to 60 days to check up on how you're doing. Um, just if that's something you're willing to do, I would expect for your weight to go up. And that okay. would be, that would be, if your weight goes up and your relationship with food improves, that's a win for me. Like it will not be a check-in in 45 days for me to be like, oh, what are you, 119 pounds now? If, if you lose <laughs> weight, that will not be a good sign to be very mm -hmm. frank with you. A good sign for, for this would be like, hey, I'm up about four to five pounds and, uh, I went to my doctor and my electrolytes are balanced. My blood is good. Have I've maybe I've only binged once or twice in the last month. Like that would be a wonderful checkup. Like, what, what do you think about that? I, yeah, I love it. Cause, um, that way I, that way I really have to do it. <laughs> that's exactly right. That's, that's exact. I was like, all right, I want to make sure that you and I talk again. Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. cause this is important. This is it, very, very important. Right. It definitely is. And I, I know that, over drinking water is so important because there are multiple times where I'm super dizzy and I know I'm on the verge of doing some real damage to my body. So I know I've got to change. I know I have to. And so this really puts the, puts it into, into perspective and to gear where I'm going to start right now with drinking less, eating more and, and really working on this relationship with food. I love it. Julie, this has been amazing. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me. Well, thank you. I appreciate you having me. Of course. What I, what I want you to do now is uh, email me, email Kat, you know, Kat's, okay. Kat's and, and just say like, hey, just got off the podcast with Jordan. It was like the best conversation I've ever had in my life. Da, 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 da. You can say how amazing I am. Just kidding. <laughs> uh, just just tell her uh, Jordan wants to do a checkup with me within the next 60 days and she'll schedule a time for us to hop on the call again. Okay. Sounds good. Thank and, you. And don't 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 flake on me because I'm gonna come okay. after you. I'm gonna I'm gonna find you. <laughs> well, and, I'm and, gonna be in the inner circle, so you can. That's exactly you right. Can find me there. <laughs> and, and also tell Cat that that I gave you a free month inner circle, and she'll she'll get you set up with an account. Okay. Sounds great. Thank you so much. All right, Julie. Thank you so much. Tell tell your brothers that I say hello. Tell them a, a huge congratulations on all of their progress. And I'm very very excited to see how you do. All right. Sounds good. Well, thank you. Have a great night. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye. That wraps it up for this episode of the Jordan Syatt Mini Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Julie, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for being open and vulnerable and honest. And to everyone listening, I hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did, please leave a five-star review on iTunes. And if you want to join the Inner Circle, you can do that at www.sfinnercircle.com or at the link in the show notes.